0: What's going on? You seem perplexed. You have a you have a bizarre, you have a confused look on your face. Y-
1: yes. Well, that's because, ladies and gentlemen, Elio <laughs> likes to scare me with these uh, with these pictures that he finds on on the clearly the dark web because some <laughs> of this shit is just twisted as fuck. And uh, t- today, I have been introduced. To the demons of Loblo, and if you don't know what that is, I don't blame you because I don't know either. Because, uh, well, you
0: know, this thing is just scaring the fuck out of me. <laughs> I mean, good lord. Well, hold on, I, I can help you with that. There we go. <laughs> yes. What yes, is sorry. wrong with me, uh, Ben? I, I, how, how, do you, how do you put up with me?
1: I don't know. WWE, <laughs> WWE television on a weekly basis is scary enough, and then I have to come on here and
0: presi- resist the urge to have a spasm of some sort. I swear, one of these weeks I'm gonna end up giving you a heart attack on air. And I'm gonna feel really bad about that.
1: <laughs> well, mad too, man, since you consistently try to scare me out on the air all the time.
0: Yeah. So, I'm always finding, like, really creepy movies to scare my co-hosts, so I'm obviously doing my job. <laughs> well,
1: and actually, tonight was one of your better jobs in quite a while. That, Thank was, you. that was well
0: played. So, and fans, if you don't know um, the kind of uh, creepy posters I put up, let's just say, it's nothing like Freddy Jason or Michael Myers.
1: No, th- no, this is much scarier, more in depth stuff. Because at least, uh, at least, I'm familiar with Freddy Jason and Michael Myers. We're old friends. Now, the demons of Lovelo, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so I'm Elio, he's Ben. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how's your week, Ben?
1: It has quite possibly been the slowest week of my entire life. Oh, okay. How so? Uh, um, well, par- partially because my dad was out of town, and uh, my mom has a bad back, so she can't drive right now. So that partially it. Then my dog had to have surgery. So then that added to it. So, um, but... Uh, Hopefully, we're going to start getting past um, this really busy period that we we've had going on, and uh, we'll start having some fun. Now, like I told you off the air, I am getting a tattoo on uh, Tuesday, so mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday night uh, it might not be the best idea. We might want to move that to Wednesday because, yep. in, in my experience. Uh, The night I get the tattoo is always the worst. Okay. So, um, so thank you for agreeing to, uh, move the show that, that way. But then, yeah, 2022 should be much better. We're, um, we're getting some shit figured out that he's figuring out. And, um,
0: 2022 is, 2022 is lined up to be a good one, so. Now, I, I told, you told me about, um, so actually, yeah, before I go on, um, yeah, I will some movies, okay, you know, I want. I'm into all those movies from the '50s and such in the '60s. Some yeah. movies are hyped up to be great. Yeah. I was watching "Singin' in the Rain," which was which was supposed to be awake, one of the greatest one of 1952. I got to yeah. say, I'm not impressed. Why not? I some musicals are okay, but some. It's like it's just the story i i can't f- seem to follow the story it's just really strange the way like uh, this one is about like the musicals in hollywood and so i'm like okay i don't get it yeah
1: then well it, well you know one number one that doesn't sound like my cup of tea but number no. two uh, number two, you know, if you're not familiar with that genre of movie, yeah, then automatically it seems to me that you would be behind the eight ball.
0: I mean, I do musicals. I've seen Mamma Mia and, uh, and like, uh. Enderly Dancing and all those other musicals, Phantom with the Opera, but this is Singing in the Rain. The song is good. I like the song. Don't like the movie too much. Well,
1: no, it's funny you should say that, because I am, the only musicals that I liked consistently were the ones in Disney movies, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're they're classics, but, you know, I may have told this story one time a long time ago on the podcast, but um, since it is the Christmas season, it seems uh, worthy to rehash it. So, I was about 10 or 11, maybe, and... um, my grandmother thought it would be a wonderful present to take me and the rest of the family to see the Nutcracker on stage. And um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Nutcracker obviously is supposed to be some sort of classic Christmas thing. And I have to tell you, this thing sucked. My my mom and I were sitting there looking at each other like what in the hell is going on? Oh no! no. We were we were just trying to escape to the bathroom. We were trying to do anything we could to make this thing go. Fast. But, come on, but come on,
0: the the music is good though. Well, I, I I have to.
1: I it's just one. It's not my personal preference, and and, and two. You know when it comes to like on stage things especially like plays and musicals Mm -hmm. it's not my thing if I'm gonna go see something on stage it better be a badass you know musical actor you know ZZ Top or something who I actually
0: saw in 2013 they were awesome cool Um, I did do what you said you told me uh, to check out Frasier I did uh, sit down and watch a couple of episodes I gotta oh. I, I gotta keep going uh, with uh, episode three and four and so on because I, I liked uh, the first two episodes yeah so uh,
1: episode three is actually one of my favorites um, it's called uh, it's called dinner at eight and um, it is tremendous yeah yeah like, no. I I
0: never got to watch any of it when it was on air, but now, now I'm going back and watching all the seasons.
1: So, so far in your limited exposure, and and trust me, I understand that it is limited because it was 11 seasons, um, but uh, based on first impressions, who's your favorite character? I like Martin.
0: <laughs> yeah, Martin's
1: <laughs> my man. Martin is one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Mine are Martin and, well, Niles is number one. Niles is just awesome. Okay. Uh, okay. And number two is Martin. For sure. But, um, yeah, continue watching it, and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you get really into it, because if, if you stick around for a while, for a little while, the, the, um, the characters actually become more and more likable. Because right, right now, especially in, in the early seasons, um Frazier is like really snobbish and stuff, but like if you give him a chance, he he's actually a very detailed,
0: in-depth character. See, that's my problem with TV. If I, I, I if I start a series, if I can't get into the characters, you have to like the characters, otherwise you're not going to enjoy the show. Yeah. So that's why like that's why sometimes I go in and. I have to like the characters, yeah. Otherwise, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna stop after like one episode.
1: Absolutely, and uh, well, I'm glad you made it past the uh, the first episode with Fraser because trust me, it is a wonderful show. Um, one of one of the best sitcoms, both it both in my opinion and uh, in terms of critical acclaim. And so, I'm and I'm enjoy.
0: still I'm still waiting for um, episode uh, nine and ten of Career enthusiasm. That that's an easy easy show to watch because each season has ten episodes.
1: Oh uh, yeah, the, um, I think the first epi- I think the first season of Yellowstone has ten episodes so. Anyway, um, but speaking of painful television and certainly not award winning, is. Unless they come up with awards to give themselves, like they gave the award-winning Thunderdome, then I don't know what kind of what kind of awards uh, Raw or SmackDown will be earning. Because my good
0: God in heaven! So uh, I then, need some assistance to get through. Them, let me just tell you. And here's what we have tonight: we have, of course, Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage. And we have wrestling roulette and time warp. Where I found initially, I found a couple of Memphis episodes that I wrote, wrote down on my iPad. But I'm gonna save those because I want to transfer them to my phone. So for tonight, we're gonna stay in mid south and UWF territory. Very cool. All right. So Ben, what do you see, we end Monday Night Raw. Do we have to. Yes, unfortunately.
1: Oh God! It's it's so it's so hideous.
0: All right. Well, at least I don't have to review it. All right. So, on to Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> so, what do you have for? What do you have? Do you have any highlights? Well, I um I, I do like the fact
1: um. That um, actually, you know, which one was it? I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> give me a second. I'm just looking at the card. See, All this right. is how, this is how difficult it is to find good shit on uh, on Monday Night Roll. All right. So, so actually, uh, believe it or not, my my favorite was the very first match: Otis versus Riddle. Oh, that was a good match. Yep. Um,
0: or destroyed Riddle, exactly. and he and he won cleanly too.
1: He he. Plus, Riddle plays the sympathetic baby face so well. I think I think he's my favorite sympathetic babyface since um, you know since Rey Mysterio. Okay. Um, you know because. Because usually, if one character just takes beat down after beat down after beat down, I I tend to get like really bored with it. Um, but with Riddle, there seems to be a purpose, and perhaps it takes him a while to get engaged in his matches because, as Vince McMahon and the WWE writing team loves to remind us, Riddle likes to get high on camels. And, uh, you know, he is the shaman of uh, MSK on NXT. And it's just, it's so funny because for a PG-rated show, they certainly do make a lot of references to Weed. Um, But on this occasion, uh, match number one featuring Riddle was definitely the high point, see what I did there?
0: Yeah.
1: Of Monday Night Raw. And, um... The, the low point for me was this entire uh, situation with Bobby Lashley uh, getting into the championship match at day one. Okay, Ladies and gentlemen, this was the major storyline of Monday Night Raw, and um, for some reason, they Deemed it necessary to add Bobby Lashley to um, this situation at Day One. Now, let's let's back up a little bit so you can uh, you can understand where I'm coming from with with the argument that I'm about to make. So, at at first, the championship match at Day One was. Scheduled to be Seth Rollins versus Big E for the, for the WWE Championship. Uh, uh, if they had just run with that, um, I think that that would have been awesome. Because, um, you know, in my opinion, uh, Seth Rollins is doing the best work of his career uh, with this gimmick.
0: Um,
1: I'm really, I'm really enjoying this gimmick, and. Um, and he is, like I said, both in the ring and gimmick-wise. I think he's doing the best work of his career. So I'm all over Seth Rollins right now, um, and I think I think Big E would have been a very compelling opponent for him. And I was really looking forward to seeing them one-on-one because it's it's a match that we haven't seen over and over again. It's it's fresh and it's. Um, it, 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 it just really captured my attention for some reason. I was very much looking forward to, to um, Big E versus Seth Rollins. Okay. And then they um, they deemed it necessary to add uh, Kevin Owens to the scenario. Um, and speaking of Kevin Owens, breaking news this week was that he did uh, re-sign the contract... With WWE, after rampant speculation that he was going to head to AEW, apparently he got a uh, the the numbers that I've, st- I've seen that are being reported are ridiculous. Uh, have you see, have you have you seen the number that he was reportedly offered
0: uh, to stay with WWE? How much?
1: Two What's to enough? three
0: million dollars. Oh, yeah, I heard about, yeah, 3 million. I, now, yeah. now, if
1: that's true, um, and, you know, big if, because, we, we, you know, you never know with, you know, IWC reporting, um, but then why are they releasing all these people if they can spend two to three million dollars on Kevin Owens' contract, I'm not saying that Kevin Owens isn't worth that amount of money. I, I truly believe that he is the top guy in in the company and, and should be portrayed as such. I'm um, I'm just I was very taken aback by that number for a variety of reasons, but that's for a different show, I think, um, because. If I, if I go off on a tangent on WWE uh, right now, it, it, I think it would add an hour and a half to this show, and I'm not mood to be here for
0: three hours. I, I uh, hey, it, you want to do a three-hour podcast? Well, How about four hours? How about four hours? <laughs> oh, God. Have you, have you seen those? <laughs> Dude, I've
1: actually started listening to episodes... Uh, You know, just random podcasts that go that long. And how do you do that? How How do you do that? Well, that's my point. I can't. By the time I'm an hour in, I'm bored, and I want you know, I'm like, you know, what the hell, right? Um, But, um, but Kevin Owens' uh, financial situation, notwithstanding. Um. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of confused as to why he was added to this situation. If if this is how he was going to be treated on this edition of Monday Night Raw, because in order to in order to secure a spot in the um, WWE uh, Championship match at Day One, Bobby Lashley had to beat. All three um, of of the participants in the triple threat match in one night in a gauntlet in a gauntlet style situation. It wasn't one match, but just throughout the evening, he had to beat all three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is why I'm confused that Kevin Owens was was involved in this scenario because. He tapped out to the uh, hurt lock before it was even um, fully in now obviously as a heel you know that's a smart move to do if you're um, if you're going to be involved in a championship situation but um, but it just made Kevin come off as weak because his match was only. Um, let me look at the let me look at the number here. Um, it, four minutes and thirty four seconds, according to the results that I'm looking at. Okay. And so that was that was just terrible. That was a waste of time, in my opinion. And then the second match that Bobby Lashley had to undertake was against Seth Rollins. That ended in a DQ um even even after um even after um Kevin Owens got involved to try to um to try to get Bobby Lashley uh disqualified you know and that the and that I at first like well if you're going to go with that that makes sense because at least there's Strategy behind what Kevin Owens did, and and it feeds into his new heel character, much better than the liar gimmick that they're trying to go with. I'm not a liar. Yes, you are, Kevin. Just sit down. Um, <laughs> What's that? Where'd you get that from? Oh, that that, that that's from me. I'm I, I'm just I don't because I don't like how they did this heel turn for Kevin. Okay. Um, I'm a very big fan of Kevin Owens, actually, um, but you know it just it confuses me um, because because after um, after uh, Kevin got involved, out comes uh, Adam Pearce and uh, Sonia and and and, and uh, Sonny Deville. And and they're like, no, 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 it's not going down like that. But yet, the match still ends in a in a DQ anyway.
0: And no, it didn't. It, it it ended with the Bobby Lashley spearing Seth Rollins.
1: Well, that's, that's weird. Then what? Then why is? Oh, that's right. That's right. okay. Okay. Yeah, I was I was looking down at the wrong thing. Um. So. So then, through all sorts of rigmarole that was unnecessary, Bobby Lashley advances to face Biggie, and if he wins this match,
0: this was a, he's this added, was go ahead. This was one of my high points. This match, I could see that. Yeah,
1: um, you know, but but. Was was the presentation of the show decent in the main storyline? Yes, but if if you if you break it down, and just like, you know, just outside of the structure of one episode of Monday Night Raw, why was all of this necessary? Well, if you if you wanted, um, you know, Bobby Lashley involved in the match. Just put him in in the match. Don't don't make all of your uh, championship contenders look weak by getting destroyed by one guy. Because now, what's going to happen is, based on what I'm looking at, Bobby Lashley should have no reason why he loses this match at day one. Because he just destroyed all three competitors. So if Bobby Lashley doesn't win, then I have to ask you, what was the plan of this entire episode? See, and that's what, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy aspects of, of, of Monday Night Raw. Actually, actually, you know, this episode was, was more enjoyable than most, if you just take it as a, a, a singular episode. Certainly it was more enjoyable than SmackDown this oh week. I God. mean, Smack, yeah. SmackDown was atrocious. But but I'm talking about a larger issue. Um, you know, because usually, um, usually I'm not a fan of people just being put in matches so from that perspective I can understand why they did this, but I'd much rather have Bobby Lashley put in the match um than, than have three people get destroyed en route to having him put in the match, if that makes sense. Yep. I because you're you're destroying your match. Okay. Like I don't I don't wanna see this match anymore because for me Logic dictates that Bobby Lashley has to win this situation based on what you did on Monday Night Raw. So, I, I don't know. What, what did you think of the of the main storyline of, of Monday Night?
0: The... well, They made uh, Bobby Lashley look strong. This was the Bobby Lashley show.
1: Yep. So... You know, it'll it'll be interesting because on one hand, I really can't see Big E losing this because um, you know, he's still so new in his uh, WWE Championship run, and I don't think it would do him any favors to lose. But then I think it hurts Bobby Lashley even more if he loses this because then what the hell was was the point? So, you know, but also, you know, this whole situation really um, illustrates still the lack of depth at the top of the card on Raw. Because if you have to structure your entire episode with one guy in three matches, and I don't really care what the point of it is, um, then what does that say for for the for the 85% of the talent that's still sitting in the back twiddling their thumbs, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't have used that four minutes and 34 seconds. Um, and, 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 um, what was the, what was the first one? 722. So you couldn't have just consolidated it into one match. Had it, had it be like 10 minutes long. And then giving the rest of your card an opportunity, um, you know where's Mustafa Ali? Where's um, you know why why is um, why is your entire women's division being booked like shit? Um, you know, I, I so I just I don't understand why WWE does what it does because it makes itself look so. Stupid. Even, even, even if I can make an argument that this episode of Monday Night Raw was much more logical than um, than some other ones, which which I'm not, uh, which I'm not saying it is. But even if even if I played devil's advocate and wanted to be a WWE mark, like they built the episode around something, or he really. Uh, you know, we're trying to tell a story. I think this entire episode of Monday Night Raw was terrible. I mean, I was I was sitting there bored as shit. You know, listening to music while this whole thing was going on. Because if you have three matches and the entire point of the night is to get one more guy in a match, then you know what's going to happen in three of the matches on the show. So what the fuck is the point? You know, and and, I, and so consequently, I and I'm betting a lot of our listeners watched the watch the episode out of the corner of their eye while they were doing something else much more entertaining than watching Monday Night Roll. Which I guarantee you, I would have been doing if I hadn't had to have watched it for for this podcast this evening. So I guess I can blame you. For my <laughs> suffering on Monday why, night. Why, why are you blaming me? I didn't do anything. Well, I have to blame you for something because, after all, you did scare the shit out of me to start the show. But all right, that's fair. But at at the very least, you you um, you took the reins on this review of Monday Night Raw, so I do appreciate that.
0: And uh, let me. Why well, didn't you give my low points? I had a couple of other high points though. The Bianca Belair match wasn't bad. Mm. For me, and uh, but low points. Okay. I was, I was with Miss TV right up until like, <sighs> as it went along, I'm just like, no, I, get, I was gonna put it as a high point, but then I I it went it kept as it moved along, I'm like, no, I mean, that's this is a low point. So I got Miss TV's little point
1: twenty four seven championship. Oh God, the twenty four seven title is so useless. And you know, I'm not going to go on another rant on the twenty four seven title because I've done that two or three times in the history of the show. Very entertaining uh, audio, by the way, if you haven't heard that. Uh, but um, but you know, I I have to I have to point you to something that I saw earlier this week. Um, R-Truth conducted an interview in which he said, and I quote, the WWE Hardcore Championship doesn't have blank on on the 24-7 title. What? 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 Okay. What the... what? You're saying that the hardcore title was was less important than the 24-7? Wow. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, they were both gimmick titles, but at least the hardcore title was somewhat entertaining. I mean, it, it did... I think it did outlive its useful usefulness. I, I will say that. Um, but... Um, but uh, are you high? Uh, are truth did you... Were you smoking a divvy in the bag with Matt Riddle before you uh, conducted this interview? I
0: bet this interview is up on TikTok. No doubt. Because uh, he, he's on there.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing um, the very scholarly conversation on TikTok, but I will, I will very proudly confirm here and right now that I will not... Uh, I am
0: not on TikTok. Uh, oh know. Well. Okay, so uh, that's all we have for Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. All right, so now we're gonna move on to AEW Dynamite. Ben, I believe this is yours. Uh, yeah. Let me just pull it up
1: if I can find it. Um. Oh crap. Here we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. I I have to fix the computer problem and okay. On to AEW, Ben. What do you got? So AEW was very much uh, a one match show, and that's really all it had to be, ladies and gentlemen. Because Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page, I cannot over express my my admiration for this match Mm -hmm. this match went to a one hour long draw and was absolutely tremendous this was the best TV match I've seen in years this could have main evented any pay-per-view in the world and I would have been perfectly happy and we got it on free TV um You know, I'm not going to go move by move because I hate doing that. Uh, You know, I would just rather give you my recommendation to go watch the match if you haven't seen it yet and just enjoy it for the masterpiece that it is. Um, Now, out of of fairness, I'm not going to criticize the match, but I am going to bring up a, a point that that I think is still important. And 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 that is I really don't like it when world title matches, especially one that is this good, does not mean a man to show. Because because as we've discussed m- many times, Elio, I have I have always been a proponent of the belief World title matches should always main event your shows. Wherever they are, however they take place, they should be the main event. Um, And even though this match was awesome and I have no complaints whatsoever, that criticism still, still has to happen just out of fairness because if... If WWE did the same thing, I would say something, so I have to do it here for AEW as well. Now, um, I think, um, I also think that um, it hurt some of the other matches um, on the card that, um, that didn't really need to be hurt. Um, maybe it hurts, not, not the right word, but I'm going to say impacted instead. Um, because some of the, some of these matches, um, were, were, um, that took place after this one weren't bad, but, but after the marathon that was, um, the opening match, I mean, I was just completely exhausted and by the end of it I don't care about Matt Seidel versus Wardlow
0: I get that my low points
1: in, in 1 minute and 26 seconds
0: see low point.
1: um you know I, I cared about Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida that was a good match um but that could that could have opened the show and, and done very well I think I think this should have opened the, mat, opened the, sh- the show and then you know And then, if you have to have Wardlow come out, you know, have him come out next, and then, and then you have an hour of, of one hell of a main event to close your show, because you know, match number four, which I believe was the was the uh, main event of of the evening. Yeah. If if you don't count the, uh, uh, the segment where Punk. Uh, challenges MJF to a six-man tag on next week's Dynamite. Um, you know, then you know, then the main event is uh, MJF versus Dante Martin for the Dynamite um, for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and uh, nobody. And, and listen. You know, I, I'm really going to probably sound like an asshole when I say this, but um, this is this is one of the issues that I have with AEW. Um, can someone explain to me
0: what the Dynamite Diamond Ring means? I don't know why, myself. I don't understand the point of that. I
1: And, and if somebody does... Um, then get in touch with us on our Facebook page, or or something to explain it to me. And, and I'm not I'm not being a smartass, but why would that be the main event of your show, and not uh, and not Brian Danielson versus Adam Page and and what what may go down is uh, well I'm not even going to say may I'm going to say it is. The the best match in AEW dynamite history, and easily so far the television match of the year for for I, I'm going to argue for the entire year regardless of company. I mean, this match was
0: amazing balls. Yeah, I I, I, I enjoyed this match. Many, I don't. Too many commercials,
1: though. So. Well, and, and, that, and that was my other criticism as well that I, that I was going to say. You know, if. Because I've, I've heard of. I've, I've seen companies have commercial free situations. If you were ever going to do a commercial free situation that would have legitimately helped something and not come off as, okay, you're trying to compete with something and whatever. If there was anything that was worthy of of no commercials whatsoever, it was this match. Mm-hmm. Because when you have you know two commercial breaks in a match like this, yes, I, I yes I agree, it's an hour, I understand, but it just it breaks its momentum when you, when you are watching it in picture in picture. Yeah. Um, you know, so those, those are just uh, some very uh, minor, but but um, but I would say very valid um, uh, points to make about about um, about AEW's pre- presentation this week in terms of the negative. Um, but uh, but that that being said, nothing should overshadow how how good this match was, and. Um, and the and the other point that I want to discuss um, about this match, I saw a lot of people that were questioning the draw, um, and why couldn't why couldn't we have had a decisive winner to a match this good? I actually like the draw um, because one we don't see it that much, and two. I don't think it hurts Adam Page at all. Um, you know, cause one because one, one of the criticisms I saw. Well, well, doesn't this hurt um, Adam Page because the first title defense is the most important, and you know he didn't win or whatever. Um, in most situations, I would agree with you. Um, do you do you made that argument to me? And I don't think it's a bad argument. Um, but in, in this situation, given the talent involved and just how good that match was, I don't think it hurts anybody. And it, it makes me want to see the match again, which adds prestige to your championship match when it happens again. So I don't, I don't, see, I don't see a negative in this being a draw, even though I can understand the arguments of the contract. Uh, Elio, did, did you have any thoughts
0: regarding the draw? Would you have died any differently? No, I was, uh, I was, uh, for me, I was, I was fine with the draw. I just, uh, I don't think it hurt anyone, but, um, yeah, just, uh, a great match.
1: Absolutely. And, um, and the other, um, the other high point of the show was, um, the, uh, was the promo by Griff Garrison. Did you catch that?
0: Are you like that? When he challenged Malay Black?
1: Yeah, that was... no, yeah, that was like a really good promo. I was not expecting that from yeah, Griff yeah, yeah, Garrison. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
0: Come on, Griff Garrison in the program. I, I would have gone with uh, the other one, Brian Tolman. Well, well, everybody knows... Well, I would have too.
1: I, I agree with you there. Um, but... But I'm just talking about the pres the presentation yeah, of no, no, no. the promo. Well, that, one, that I was that
0: was out, I wasn't expecting that.
1: No, I wasn't either. But um, you know, everybody knows that that um, Garrison's gonna get destroyed. Sure. Um, and, and and to be honest with you, I'm not sure why they had. Um, I'm not sure why they had. Uh, a black a spit the spit the mist at Julia. I'm not sure what the point of that was.
0: I'm not sure what the point of him like being there. Like, <laughs> why would they put him with uh, the varsity blondes?
1: I'm not sure.
0: I don't uh, understand. So, so that
1: that, that argument in and of itself um, illustrates another low point. But I just I have to give. Um, I have to give credit where it's due to the Grace Garrison. I I was pleasantly surprised by okay. that problem.
0: Okay, yeah, I wasn't expecting that that was, that was surprising. Especially when he uh, when he snapped on uh, Brian was like Whose side are you on?
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Alright, so is that all we have for it, anyway? Absolutely. <laughs> on to SmackDown Benham, sorry. Oh, my God. You know, um... I'm sorry, before we go on.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a brief interlude, and I will now take charge of the uh, SmackDown review, um, which I will make brief and painless, which, unfortunately, they did not do when this was presented on television. And, um... Before my co-host steps aside, I can see him uh, smiling in agreement as to what I have to say. Um, because this episode of, of SmackDown was all over the place in terms of matches and everything else. Because, because okay, in and, and match number one, for instance, we saw uh, Tony Storm get the pinfall victory. Over Charlotte Flair in a tag team match, where she tagged up with Sasha Banks to take on Charlotte Flair and Shotzi, and just based off of the just based off of the the participants in the match, um, I have a question that I would like to pose. Okay. Um, what? I mean, wasn't Sasha Banks supposed to be a heel? No, oh, and
0: not she come back as a face?
1: No, I think she was a heel. Oh, no, she was a heel
0: when she came back. She took up Bianca Belair, right. But, uh, yeah, I guess. Yes. So, yeah, she, she turned face at some point.
1: Oh, I must have missed that because, I, I i mean, not that I'm complaining about the tag team of Sasha Banks and Tony Storm. I love that, but I'm, it was just a weird thing because I thought uh, Sasha Banks was a heel. Um... But here's the other thing. So I love the fact that Tony Storm pinned Charlotte Flair. If it leads to something that is going to make Tony Storm a bigger star, um, I don't want that to get lost. I actually like that decision. My question is, why did you have to make Tony Storm look so stupid? Um, You know, because for two weeks prior to this, in the midst of this feud, um, she took two pies to the face courtesy of Charlotte Flair. And now you're going to have her win? Um, So if this is just 50-50 booking and allowing um, Tony to get a little bit of revenge on Charlotte... Uh, then it's not going to mean anything. If it leads to a meaningful one-on-one match that doesn't end with a pie to the face or a pie to any other body part, then I'm good with that. Um, because I think it puts um, Tony Storm in a spotlight she deserves. Um, I just hope that this is handled properly and, and not just another example of WWE throwing us a bone before they snatch it away and leave us in a dolly house. Um, but um, but the rest of um, the rest of uh, SmackDown was just
0: terrible, 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 terrible. Well, no, the, the 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 one good one is in part was that last segment. Well,
1: well, yeah, yes, and I'm I'm getting there, but I'm talking about the matches. Oh no, yeah, go on, yeah, I know the Viking Raiders oh versus children Mahal no. and shanky no. that's a I'm not even gonna justify that with a review that was terrible the Viking Raiders deserve so much better they need to get out of WWE as soon as possible match number three Ridge Holland which team is taking on Cesaro um I have never been bored with a Cesaro match. Until... SmackDown. <laughs> that was a boring match. Um... Well, maybe and, it was Ridge
0: Holland... Because Cesaro's not boring.
1: Well, uh, well, that's my point. I, I just yeah. said I've never been... Yeah, bored yeah. with Cesaro, yeah. but... Oh yeah. my R- god.
0: R- no, Ridge Holland is... Uh, not an entertaining wrestler.
1: And... and, and aside from that... Um... I know I posed this question as rhetorical uh, a few weeks ago, but perhaps I should perhaps I should reframe it in a serious way because I am not like, curious. Um, why was Ridge Holland paired with Seamus? Because Ridge Holland is not Irish.
0: No, he's British.
1: <laughs> I, you know... <laughs> Unless I'm I'm missing something, because, hold on, because the backstory that they're going with here is that, um, Ridge Ridge and Seamus knew each other as younger lads.
0: Where? When?
1: What? I I don't know. Let me look something
0: up, because I'm just, I'm just, I'm curious. Okay, let me provide some background music while you do that.
1: <clears throat> okay, I, I found it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for that intro. It was, it was very entertaining. Uh, but, but yes, I just verified that Reg Holland is indeed English... And and and, um, and so therefore he would have been nowhere near Seamus <laughs> he, who Resided in Dublin, Ireland, so they would be nowhere near each other in childhood. So what's the connection between them? Can somebody explain that?
0: Unless um, unless, unless Rich Holland at some point traveled over to Ireland and met met Seamus. Well, uh, but
1: but. Okay, my other my and my other question is this. So, according to according to what I'm looking at, uh, Ridge Highland is my age. He's thirty three. Okay, and and how old is, is? Let me look up how old Seamus is. I I, prom, I promise you, I have a point in in what I'm doing. I, I'm, this is not just. Pointless filling up airtime. I, 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 put the put the music back on for the entertaining interlude.
0: All right. Oh.
1: <clears throat> okay, I, I found it. Very good. So. James is ten years the senior of uh, Rich Holland, and yet the, they grew up as childhood friends in the streets of Dublin, Ireland. I'm I'm supposed to buy that? And, and furthermore, if 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 I can get a little bit more nitpicky, just because. Well, I'm in, a, I'm in an entertaining mood. Um, they, were, they were trying to put over Cesaro as the very hurt former friend. He's so hurt that his friend betrayed him and went with a young pup by the name of Ridge Holland. Is there any way you, you can make Cesaro look more stupid? Really, you're gonna put him in the ring with Ridge Holland? Uh, I just Cesaro needs to get out of the WWE as quickly as possible, please. Uh, Because what they are what they are doing to him is absolutely criminal. Um, but you know, I I just don't get it. And then, and then here, let me return to the review page. So after after the Viking Raiders pinned uh, Jinder Mahal and Shanky, uh, we have a very long backstage segment, or what seemed very very long. Oh. No, no, I'm sorry. It was a backstage interlude before we head back to the ring for uh, for what may have been the worst promo of 2021. I swear to God, because it it, it is a a segment featuring Madcap Moss oh, fuck. and Happy Corbin
0: oh, in a segment of. Happy talk! No, no. Did, did, This just makes me angry, not happy. <laughs> so, show sucked. <laughs>
1: did this segment sucked because. I mean, let me explain something. Or let me. Let, let me. Let, let me uh, pose a question to my co host. I can't even collect myself. I, I, I cannot believe that I have to review this segment on my show. You know, so if I'm, if I'm a little bit lost for words, you can understand. Um, yeah. Elio, have you ever seen The Sword in the Stone?
0: I have the movie.
1: Very good. We just became better friends because <laughs> that that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Anyway, the reason I asked was because... We got an episode of Happy Talk that could have been that could have been titled The Sword and the Desk. Because I swear to God he looked both Mad Cat and Moss That's the
0: title of this episode. I, 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 swear,
1: I swear to God it, it should be The, the Sword and the Desk. That's going to be the title of this episode. Because because both um, um, Mad Cat Moss and uh, Baron Corbin looked like King Arthur trying to pull the sword out of the table before Drew McIntyre, a.k.a. King Arthur, came out and easily pulled it out of the desk and, uh, you know, put an end to this terrible segment. But... But, 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 but before we get to that point uh, I, I'm, I apologize for stuttering it's just I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by this bullshit um you know I, I hate to make myself sound like an idiot but I just uh, you know my my IQ is just going down because I was exposed to this bullshit of a segment so but before drew McIntyre mercifully put an end to this segment we are subjected to the jokes
0: oh, of no. mad Cat Moss. oh you didn't find them funny I thought they were hilarious thank
1: God I know you're being facetious because if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't know that I would be questioning your mental status um <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we what do you call Drew McIntyre when he used a sword in a desk? Oh no. Do you remember what Mad Cat Moss
0: said, Elio? I had to rewind it because I couldn't make out what he said. What what, what did he say? Oh god. I you said go I still couldn't uh, make it out. Uh, are you are you ready for this? Okay. The Glass Cow Dicks. D I T V Okay, I I heard that word.
1: I wasn't sure if that was uh, like he okay. And then here, and then here's the other one because they were trying to emasculate uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. Oh no! As as if they couldn't do it that by insinuating that with a some phallic uh, references with a sword. They they said. Um, uh-oh, let me let me let me get the wording of this joke right. So why did why does Drew McIntyre's girlfriend wear a suit? Oh, uh,
0: No, uh, yeah, I heard this one. This was stupid. <laughs> because at least one person in the relationship should wear the pants. I guarantee wow. Wow. you.
1: I guarantee you, they got that joke from Stephanie McMahon's closet. I guarantee you. Um. <laughs> And then, and then the third one, where, where do you find a discount kilt? Oh no. Don't ask him, ask Bargain Basin Braveheart. Why the fuck are we Uh. being subjected to this bullshit? And the Chicago crowd had the same response, because they start a CM Punk chant. Now, this was the one part of the segment where I legitimately laughed, but I assure you it wasn't courtesy of Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Because in the midst of uh, of the crowd chanting CM Punk, Pat McAfee jumps on the mic and says... They're chanting We want love. I agree with the crowd. We want love. I can guarantee to you the only love we want is the love of any religious entity that can get this statement to stop. I swear, I have never been happier in my life to see a six a six five um Scotsman without a shirt on. <laughs> I just.
0: Oh, yeah. Calling you really defend the Tibetan the What's going
1: on? Well, well uh, remember, <laughs> let me ask you, what's worse? Uh, a, um, a An image of a shirtless Trim McIntyre or a shirtless Big uh, E with the nectar of. Battery? No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 what are you doing to me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? I have officially gotten revenge for Elio trying to scare me with his bullshit earlier in the evening. I rest my case, and I wish I could end this review of Friday Night Smackdown. So, so after this, and I can't even, I can't, I would love to know. How much of this segment? Uh,
0: how much time this took up? Actually, Ben, I, I I just looked up the definition of madcap. Oh, oh, god. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Madcap, amusingly eccentric.
1: Okay, I'm I'm glad I learned that two the two word definition. <laughs> Good lord, that just made- that made my IQ jump up 20 points. Not really. Anyway... (laughs) You know what would be amusing? What? If they would end this bullshit segment. But even after the segment, we have... Naomi versus Shayna Baszler. Again again and once again i have to ask why does sony deville have a problem with naomi has that has that been answered no no No. and I, i i i was pretty sure i knew the answer i was just checking with you maybe you caught something i didn't but apparently we're both on the same page so so then, after teasing uh, again that she was finally going to get in the ring and take her suit off, um, she, and she finally brings out Shayna Baszler, uh, and, and, he, and here we go with Naomi versus Shayna. Uh, and uh, Baszler goes after the legs, tries to hit a few ankle locks can't get it in Naomi hits a reversal and we have a pin and there's a minute of my life I will never get back now I'm not I'm not going to review the main event I'm just gonna re- review the segment afterwards because that was the best part because and the reason why I'm not going to review the main event ladies ladies and gentlemen Uh, in in case you're curious, is because the main event was the Usos versus the New Day. And why are we getting this match uh, when we're getting it at day one? Why would you do this right before your... weeks before you go on to have one of your big matches at a pay-per-view? Why is WWE obsessed With giving their matches away. And further diluting interest in their terrible WWE pay-per-view schedule. Why? 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 Perhaps we should ask Merlin. Because he's a wizard and I could use some help. (laughs) God. Anyway, so the segment after... um, afterwards gets very interesting because um, we are finally going to get some straight answers as to the relationship between Lesnar, Heyman, and Reigns. And Reigns wants answers because there was some chicanery with, with Heyman and Lesnar last week. you remember that chicanery? When uh, when uh, Heyman accused uh, Brock of being Canadian besties with Sami Zayn, that's what I'm referring to. So uh, so Br- Brock wants to know if if he um, or Roman wants to know if Heyman knew of Brock's involvement at Summerslam. If he knew that. Um, Brock's suspension, courtesy of Adam Pierce was being lifted, um, and, and what the whole situation is. So, um, so the crowd um, starts chanting, "You screwed up," and Roman agrees with them. And then, and then he pulls a classic Roman heel move. I actually really dug this. So Haman goes to grab the mic. From from Roman to answer his question, uh, Roman won't give it to him, and, and instead insists that uh, that someone else give Heeman uh, a separate mic. So after Haman goes and gets the mic, um, he go he goes on to explain that um, that he's not he's not protecting Brock from from Roman he's protecting Roman from Brock because he loves him Rom- Roman is not happy with this response mm-hmm. and and, um, and he and he goes to hug Haman as if everything's gonna be okay but then proceeds to take his head off with a Superman punch yep And there we get the official disbandment. I don't know whether to cry or not, because I actually enjoy Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And I found that more compelling than Paul Heyman and Brock. And that's saying something, because I love Paul Heyman and Brock. So I don't know how I feel about this uh, split, but it was very obvious that it was coming with the whole... Um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns happening at day one. So the way it was handled was, was flawless. Um, however, that is the one and only high point, ladies and gentlemen, that I can justifiably give right down because the rest of it was a complete waste of time and a complete definition, might I say, of the phrase drizzling shits. And with that in mind, we will shift to a more entertaining uh, Friday Night Wrestling show. That, of course, being Rampage. And I will hand the microphone back to Elio in a very gentlemanly fashion
0: for his take on Rampage. Elio, what do you have for us? All right, so um, my high point has to be uh, the... um... Ten man tag match: Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz.
1: I agree. That was my that was
0: my high point as well. And another one that I had was the first one, the eight man. And I'm not a fan of these multi-person tag matches.
1: Yeah, I'm actually surprised that you um, that you gave a uh, that you gave two. Um, multi-man tag matches, meaning a, a four-man, eight-man, ten-man, whatever the case,
0: I um, highlight, because I know you don't like those as much as I do. But when you've seen as much in New Japan as I have, and they're like, you see, because the, these two, I'm going to, I made an exception here because one opened the show, one closed out the show in New Japan, it's, like, the first match, second match, third match, fourth match, all tag matches. And they go, like, ah. 30 or 40 minutes.
1: Oh, my God. That's entirely too long. That, oh, my Lord.
0: No, sorry, not 30 or 40. That's the main event. Uh, the, they usually go about 20 to 30 minutes. But, yeah, still. So, that's my high points. And uh, my low points has to go to Dan Lambert. I, I I really don't
1: understand what they're doing. I I really thought the um that the storyline was going to be done. So um, I. after full gear. I really did. Yep. Um, and um, you know, because I did see a little bit of that match along with the main event at Full Gear. As you recall, I explained that I spent fifty bucks only for and a, only recorded
0: uh, like a half. No, like the ending, no, right?
1: Like the the very end of the street fight and the main event. So I got chipped out of that one. So, but hopefully uh, when uh, the February pay per view comes along, Revolution, I will not get screwed out of a fifty dollar payment. Um, but um, but that not that notwithstanding. Um, I agree with your high points and low points because I had the I had the same ones uh, for Rampage.
0: All right. So is that uh, all we have for the week? The weekly shows. Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. So now we are going to move on to Time Warp.
1: Absolutely, and I know that I know that's one of our favorite segments. So Elio, and- take take away.
0: And I had told you off air, I found a couple of Memphis shows that we, on my iPad, I'm going to transfer them on to my phone for next week. So for the time being, for this episode, we're going to, actually we're going to go to Japan for our first stop back to the UWF and back to Japan. So basically we got three shows from Tokyo, Japan.
1: Oh, very good.
0: And the first one is from August 9th, 1991. The WWF in, actually, Yokohama, Japan, not, not Tokyo. This one was in Yokohama. And we had okay. four, four matches on the card. Very good. So we had the Takano brothers, George and Shunchi Takano, defeating Tito Santana and Grey Kabuki. Oh, God. Tag team matches again. <laughs> Right? Oh, Lord. You know what? I think 1991, this would have been painful to watch, to sit through these shows.
1: Well, well and from what you tell me, they'd be painful to sit through now.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So like I, it. I because I sat through the March 30th, 1991 show, and I, that was a bit of a charm. But I did that because <laughs> like, that was the first one that we did for Time Warp. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Then we had uh, more tag team action, Yoshiaki Yatsu and Haku defeating Takashi Ishikawa and Fuki
1: My man, Haku, thank you. Uh, if you had told me that Haku was in that match and he lost, I would have outlawed any further NJPW reviews <laughs> oh, on this show. You <laughs> saved yourself. And your favorite segment, that being Time War, just with that, thank you,
0: Haku. Thank you for existing. (laughs) (laughs) We had the team of Shinikuro Tenru and Ashura Hara defeating Kendo Nagasaki and Shinichi Nakano. And in the main event, the Road Warriors defeated the Takano Brothers. Not the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, complete with the Iron Man entrance. Ah, oh, that's a
1: good entrance. That's a good entrance. I, I know what I'm looking up on YouTube after this show goes off the air.
0: <laughs> Alright, you know what? I think... oh What? Alright, Ben, um, you know what? I think, well, let's stay with Japan... And I'll save the UWF for last. Okay. So, from Yokohama on August 9, 1991, we are now going to move on to June tenth, 1991, Nag- Nagoya, Japan. And we had a total of nine matches on this card.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: In the first one, we have Samson Fuyuki defeating Kenichi Oya. Then we had Tugbo Thomas and Apollo Sugawara defeating Rochester Roadblock and Fumihiro Nakura. Ah,
1: uh, there he is, Rochester Roadblock. I had to look him out on the last
0: show. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the members we had Masawa Orihara and Koji Ishinriki defeating Hiroshi Hatanaka and Tetsumi Kitahara. The Takano brothers who, they become the Scott Casey of Japan. Oh, God. Right, because remember, yeah, every time we reviewed the uh, Southwest, there was there was always Scott Casey appearances. Exactly. So we had the Takano brothers defeating Goro, Tsurumi, and Shinichi Nakano. Kendo Nagasaki defeating Naoki Sano. Match in number six had the Rockers defeating Power and Glory. Oh, God. In match number seven, so, uh, some of these wrestlers worked twice on this night because match number seven, we had the team of Randy Savage and Shani Kuro defeating Power and Glory. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: So, so, I guess sometimes wrestlers do multi not we don't, we don't see that uh, very much unless we're talking about the current editions of Monday Night
0: Raw Beaches you. And in match number eight, we had Randy Savage and Genichiro Tenryu defeating Yoshiaki Yatsu and Haku. Oh, what however, it? however, match number nine in the main event, it was Haku and Yoshiaki Yatsu defeating Takashi Ishikawa and Great Kabuki.
1: Oh God! So they, they really did pull double duty. Holy
0: crap! Yeah. All right, and from. From June 10th, 1991, we're going to travel back three days to June 7th of 1991. On my third birthday. And we are in the Tokyo Dome.
1: Well, I wasn't in the Tokyo Dome. I was probably probably playing with some blocks or (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or some
0: shit. Nice. (laughs) And on this one, we had eight matches. So, match number one. Akira Katayama and Don Eric defeated from Hiro Nakura and Hiroshi Hatanaka.
1: You do a marvellous job of pronouncing these names. <laughs> Thank you. Um. I just, just want to say, the fact, that you, the fact that you can flawlessly say this shit... Because I, w- I would be sounding an
0: out-syllable myself. <laughs> 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 then, match number two, we have Musa Warihara defeating Kenichi Oya. And your friend, Rochester Roadblock made <laughs> his appearance, defeating Tugbo Thomas in match number three. <laughs> In match number four, we had Kenno Nagasaki and Goro Tsurumi defeating <laughs> Shuchi Takano and Apollo Sugabara. Why are there so many tag matches on these cards? I, I, re- I really don't know. I mean, look at this one now. The great Kabuki, Kochi Ishinriki, and Shinichi Takano defeating Takashi, Ishikawa, Riki Fuki, and uh, an unknown opponent. Okay, match number six had the Rockers defeating Power and Glory. Naoki Sano defeated George Takano, and I'm sorry, but in the main event, Shiniguro Tenryu and Randy Savage defeated Yoshiaki Yasu and Haku. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: God. What did I tell you about this? <laughs> <laughs> what the, oh, These are all the same grace, and I mean by the skin of your teeth was the fact that Randy Savage was on the winning team. That's it. <laughs>
0: I want. <laughs> All right. From there, we're gonna go back to June 11th, 1988.
1: Oh, you you want another one? Well, here, well, here's what I have to say. Okay, another one, that. another what? Another one of these cards. I swear to God, if Haku is on one of these. No, cards this is loses, UW. This
0: I said. This is UWF. Oh, okay. Well,
1: that's good see the the watch get my blood pressure up? You because you cut me off before I
0: could say we're going to July eleventh, nineteen eighty-six, and Sam Houston Hall see him well, duly noted. Continue. And we have seven matches. Of course, we do. In the first one, Gary Young defeats the Libyan. Who? The Libyan.
1: I've never even heard of him.
0: Again, it's in nineteen eighty-six. Neither have I. Match number two had Sting defeating Jeff Gaylord. <laughs> number three, Cowboy Lang defeated Lord Littlebrook.
1: I'm sorry, is there a bad poor? <laughs> <laughs> <More school.
0: laughs> yeah, I don't know, am I gonna kill my co host again? Do I have to mute him? Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah,
1: I'm good. Continue.
0: Okay, match number four. We had the missing link defeating Coco B. Be- no, the missing link and Coco B. Where defeating Hollywood Sean Taylor and Jack Victory. And then we had a UWFC Television Championship match. Terry Taylor retaining the championship, defeating Buddy Roberts by disqualification.
1: That sounds good.
0: Then we had the one-man gang defeating Jim Duggan.
1: Oh, that's a surprise.
0: And in match number seven, in the main event, Bill Watts, Chavo Guerrero, and Terry Taylor defeated the Fabulous Freebirds.
1: Uh Oh,
0: (laughs) oh, my God,
1: what the hell?
0: The (laughs) Fabulous
1: Freebirds lost. Wait,
0: listen to the first name there, Bill Watts.
1: Which makes it doubly painful.
0: Yeah, so that's <laughs> why they won. Uh-huh. So so those are the four uh, cards for time, this segment of Time Warp. I probably
1: bruised my hand <laughs> slamming my desk in <laughs>
0: protest. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I can assure you that on um, Tuesday which will be our final show of the year, we are going to... Um, You mean Wednesday, remember? Sorry, on Wednesday, which will be our final show of the year, we are going to uh, have a couple of Memphis shows. Very good. And uh, with that, um, Ben, it's time for wrestling roulette.
1: Oh, yes. My favorite segment of the evening.
0: All right, we're back. Ben, wrestling roulette. Yes, sir. I played 21 tracks, 5 seconds of it, and my co-host has to guess whose entrance theme they are. Absolutely. Alright, Benway, ready for the first one?
1: Yes, sir. Play it one more time, I had trouble hearing that.
0: Is no chance in hell? That's no chance in hell. Very good. That's supposed to guess the name, the name title of the song. You're supposed to guess the wrestler personality. Well, Vince McMahon, man. Vince McMahon, okay. Number two. <laughs> right, number
1: two. Uh, Rey Mysterio.
0: Rey Mysterio.
1: One of my favorite themes of all time.
0: All right, next one.
1: Um, I have no idea.
0: Not a guess?
1: Um, no, no. I don't think I've ever heard of that before.
0: The Red Rooster.
1: Oh Lord.
0: Or is it we just talked about him in the last segment. Terry Taylor.
1: <laughs> oh God, what a horrible gimmick. <laughs> I don't think you're playing these for 10 seconds.
0: No, I said five.
1: Oh, um, oh, so you're making it more difficult. Um, okay, um, play it one more time. Is <laughs> that Sorge and Slaughter? No. good okay, guess. Um,
0: <laughs> who was it? The Truth Commission. Oh boy. Do you remember them? No. Oh. We had Recon, Sniper, Commandant, and uh, we had um, the Jackal.
1: No, I have no idea. I really have no recollection of them. I've I've heard the name the Truth Commission, but I have no knowledge of the stable.
0: But the Jackal you know, because that's uh, that's, uh, Don Calves. Yes. So we are two and two.
1: Two and one, I think. Oh no, two and say you are right.
0: Okay, right. two and three. Here we go. track number five. Okay, we're gonna go ten seconds for these ones now. Okay.
1: That was uh, Chris Jericho.
0: Chris Jericho. All right.
1: Wow, um, you really did dive deep into the bag. Uh,
0: I have no idea. That is Fabian Eichner. See, that's a, that's
1: a problem because I didn't. I never realized that they they even ha- had a individual theme for the imp- Imperium. I've only
0: heard the Imperium theme. Okay, so we are three and three. Ah, uh, yep. You're not doing bad. Here we go. Coco, beware? No. We talked um. about this guy in the last segment as well. Oh,
1: uh, Sniper. Nope. What the hell? Who is it?
0: Haku. Oh, fuck me, senseless! <laughs> no
1: thanks. <laughs> oh, dear. Don't kick my ass, Haku. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Next one. Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. He's got
0: the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands.
1: The Wyatt family.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that because they it, they had the kid come out and sing with with, with Bray Wyatt.
0: Yeah, but th- this only belongs to one member.
1: Uh, okay, we'll go with Bray Wyatt.
0: No. What? Luke Harper. Oh, that's that still counts, you bitch. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. 4 and 5. Oh, good. You can make it up. Don't worry. Alright,
1: fine. Fine, fine, fine. Wait, play it again. Hold on.
0: The Union? The Union, yes. See, okay. five and five. Okay. There you go. Alright, up next. Don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like a no man.
1: Treat me for just two men. China?
0: China. You,
1: you look so
0: Billy and Chuck. 7-5. Okay, good. Next. I
1: have no idea.
0: This is too much. Brian Christopher from Scott Taylor.
1: Yeah, well, trust me, I'd recognize. I would recognize the theme, but I don't recognize.
0: No, I this it was, one, this one, I don't recognize because I don't even. I don't even remember. I, it was weird. They just changed their name from "Too Cool" to "Too Much." I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, that shouldn't count just out of protest for changing the name. All right, so we'll go.
0: We it's won't count. We p- we're not counting that. It's still seven and no, seven and five five.
1: Sounded like what should have been the theme song when the dump truck came out to claim Eric Fischoff.
0: Uh let's see. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. That is heavy machinery.
1: Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one anyway.
0: Seven and six. Here we go.
1: Not a damn clue.
0: Nope. Nope. Corey Graves.
1: Oh, Jesus. No, I would have never gotten that.
0: All right, 7 and 7. Here we go. So this is uh, track 15 coming up. Yep. Eddie Guerrero, one of my favorite themes of all time. Eight and seven, all
1: right. Uh, Hmm. Play it one more time. to venture a guess and say oh Jesus just just because I'm uh, I'm lost maybe Steven Richards
0: no okay who was it
1: Alundra Blaze I've never even heard of theme, I mean, ever. Okay, eight and eight, eight, eight and eight. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, it's track seventeen.
1: Okay. No, don't blame don't blame me. I can't remember the name of the tag team, but was that the team that Michelle McCool was with? No. Jesus. Um. Okay, who was it? That was Matt
0: Striker. Oh fuck! Right off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are at eight, and, eight nine, and nine. Eight and nine. Here we go. I'm checking.
1: 18. Batman. What? Uh... Slick? No. Slick. <laughs> no. I... I have no idea. That is Rikishi. Uh, n- n- see, no, no, it's not. That, uh, when did he ever use that theme ever? When he was a um, heel. Oh, yes, when he did it for the
0: Rock. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Eight and ten. Here we go. Three more coming up. <laughs>
1: Just stick a four and give me a, I don't know. <laughs> that is Deuce and Domino.
0: Uh, okay. Eight and eleven. We've got two more, Ben.
1: Okie doke. Well, why don't we just complete the shit show? Because I have no
0: clue. That's Chad Gable.
1: Oh fuck! Right off.
0: Okay, okay. Just put the endangers for you. One more. One more.
1: All right, well, thank you for
0: ending it on one I can get. Rhino. Rhino. Nine and 12. Ah, gee, that was brutal. That was nasty. Fans, I had to totally wipe out my playlist, and that's why Wrestling Letts are a bit different tonight, because thanks to Stone Cold and The Rock, and The under, and the Undertaker being attention whores and having multiple variations of their theme, I had to carefully go through and make sure that I had no identical sounding themes. Oh, very good. <laughs> so, Ben, uh, I'm going to be working on this more, so I'm going to be re-adding everything. So it will be the same list that we had last week. Okay, very good. Eventually, like, right at this moment, I have 200, I believe I said 73, I believe. Two, no, yeah. two, 294 tracks at this moment. Oh, God. But you, I'll, get back, I'll get back to where we were. You have been busy. How many did you have before? Oh, I had over, um, oh, I did not even remember, but it was over 200. Oh, Jesus. That because, because I had WWE, ECW, and AEW. Yeah, you
1: know what, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you now. As much as as much as I like AEW as a company, um, I hate their themes. Their themes are bad.
0: Yeah, they they, right. they really are. I mean, they all sound the same. There's no beat to them.
1: Exactly. Except
0: for. Dude, Judas, Fuzzy is dope. Don't, don't,
1: well, and the only other, the only other one I like yeah. is Loser Brothers. Yeah,
0: but like on the other and uh, um, Jungle Boy has that song from the eighties, so that one's oh. recognizable. But yeah.
1: yeah, all
0: right. And uh, well, anyway, I'll do better next week. Yeah, you'll do better as, uh, as I uh, read everything, because I've been doing that, and then I've been. Um, well, I've been uh, trying to keep my iPad from not dying, because I'm telling you, it's like on life support. It, it, I have the um, USB that I have. you yeah. Plug it in. I don't know if you've experienced this, but if you plug it in, it'll say not charging, but it's still charging.
1: No, I haven't had that.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. Like I'll plug this in, right? And you know how the sound my phone makes when I connect it to the computer? Yeah. Okay. So when I connect the USB to this, I plug it into the outlet. It makes that sound. And so it's charging, but it'll say on screen, not charging. Well, that's confusing. Yeah. That's so weird. But it still works. It charges slowly, even though it says not charging. Weird. Alright, well... uh... So, um, yeah, that's it for... That's it, another episode of... In the meantime, and in between time, that's it, another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, Wednesday, I got a story I'm going to tell you about something I was reading earlier. Yeah,
1: before we came on the air, yes, and um, hopefully, hopefully on Wednesday, my arm won't be burning like a bitch because I am um, now pardon me, pardon me, folks, because I don't I typically don't like to move shows, but this is the rare occasion where I have to because I'll be getting a tattoo on Tuesday, and it's not small at all. Um, so, my arm is going to be wrapped up and stinging like a bitch, so, Man, uh... Yeah, I, I have to ask you. Yeah. What are you getting? I'm getting a koi dragon. Okay. Do you know what that is?
0: I'm guessing it's a dragon?
1: Well, it, it's a, it's a fish with a dragon head. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's based off, uh, Japanese folklore. It's really cool.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Look up the story. You'll like it. It's cool. Right. Cool. Very good. All right. Fans, that's it. We will talk to you all on Wednesday night. Ben, say good night to the fans. See so ya. Yeah, I promise I'll do better on Wrestling
1: Roulette next time. I have to redeem myself. Don't call Miro because good, goodness news, I don't want to go in the ring with him. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm disabled enough.
0: Colossal we come,
1: these renegades in the ring.